0: You know that the hypocrites love to to pray, and uh, so you know that's why man looks at what the outward is, but God is looking at the heart, and and somebody uh, that's why Jesus said, you know, when when the two guys. Uh, he gave this sort of scenario of two different people coming into the synagogue. One was like um, a Pharisee who knew all the scriptures and who was, you know, a big tither, big big everything in, in his own eyes and in uh, in the eyes of men. And he came in and he looked around and you can just, you can see and hear the theatrics of it as Jesus is saying it. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like yeah. all of these, you know. And then he said this, this this tax collector comes in and just stands barely inside the door and puts his hand you know on his heart and says oh god can you forgive me for my sin and he said which one do you think is righteous before god which one and so you know don't ever look at the outward appearance because god sure doesn't he looks at what's in our heart And so as we worship him, make sure that that worship is motivated and love for, you know, for him rather than for, oh, God, I better straighten myself here now and, you know, look right. I better dress right. I better, you know, and uh, I think that many of us, I'm talking to myself here as usual, uh, you know, be, um, you know, sort of setting ourselves up for, you know when now when i've everything organized when i've when i've all the work done and when i've the house organized you know when i've when i've all the weight lost uh, when I've when I have a ten, you know, when I, when I have this done, uh, you know, when my children are grown up, or when, you know, when I've when I've prayed through the whole Bible or read through it three times, then I'll be right. No, God is looking at your heart, and you're never more than a breath away from Him because your breath comes from Him, and so that's how you know. Just want to look at that today. So in in um, Sam. Where am I? Let's see, um, Psalm, nine. Psalm 9, yeah. I just wanted to say that I heard, I heard this from the Lord during the week. Um, he really took me on a, a quick, good, um, cleansing kind of a journey, I suppose. Um, and one thing I heard him speak to my heart was, passion takes effort. Passion takes effort. And, um, and passion fuels commitment, and the thing is, is that something you're passionate about, passionate about, uh, you know, it may be hard and difficult, but you're, when you're passionate about it, you can see beyond the sort of the difficulties. And, you know, whatever you're passionate about, you will be faithful to it and you will be committed to it. And um, I shouldn't throw that out there, but um, let's see how, how, how the Lord opens up that. So in Psalm 9... It'd be handy if I opened it myself. Seven, nine. Um, it's so nice to see you all anyway, and praise God. Day. What a blessing to be uh, to be here together and worshiping God. And um, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. Will you say that with me? I will praise Please you, Lord, me. with my whole heart. What's your whole heart? So, I've got the board here today, and I'm gonna draw probably a very bad diagram, but anyway, here's the heart. I better have a look at my page now to make sure that I do half a reasonable effort. I hope there's no biology teachers or anything here, but um, yeah, here's the heart degree. Sort of like this. Okay. there's the shape of the heart that's your, your physical organ um, it's an amazing organ it's a muscle uh, would you believe your heart beats 115,000 times a day about in and around that approximately it pumps your, your, heart, your heart essentially is a, a muscle that pumps it is a pump so it pumps 2,000 gallons of blood per day Okay, think about lifting 2,000 gallons. You know, this is interesting, isn't it? Um, The heart is the muscle at the centre of our circulatory system. And I always see that, you know, everything everything that god does everything in us you know you are fearfully and wonderfully made and i really pray i ask you holy spirit today to speak through me here in jesus name and that you will release this and that you will father by the power of your spirit and that each of the people listening to the sound of my voice will receive this word today and that it will uh, impact them for life-changing uh turnaround uh, in jesus name um the heart is the muscle at the center of your circulatory system. Okay, so everything in your body that works is run by, uh, basically run by the heart. It, it, that, that's why the heart is the central organ to keep, keep you alive and keep you, you working. It pumps blood around your body as your heart beats. It sends oxygen and nutrients to all the parts of my body and carries away unwanted carbon dioxide and waste products. So how it does that is that on one side of it here on the right side, and I heard somebody say this during the week and I was really excited because I wondered about this for a minute. And then I I heard this, you know that the Hebrew alphabet and, and the Hebrew language, you know, when they read or when they write, it is from right to left. Whereas we are from left to right, okay, in the English language. So I want you to bear that in mind. Here's the right atrium, okay? Is that right? Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. The left atrium, because we're looking at it, you know, flipped wise, flipped wise. Yeah, the left atrium, and this receives blood. So it receives blood, okay? That's been oxygenated from the lungs oxygenated right? and it's from the lungs so it goes in here into the left atrium and then that pumps down to the left ventricle which is down here there's four parts to your heart Mm -hmm. the left and the right atrium and the left and the right ventricle so that's the V the ventricle and this is the A the atrium and The left ventricle pumps, again, it pumps and this pumps as well. So the heart is a pump and the ventricle pumps the oxygenated blood that it's received from the lungs around the body. Okay? Into all the organs. And then the right atrium receives in The waste products and the carbon dioxide. So the waste is what the right side receives. And that pumps it down to the right ventricle. The right ventricle here on this side. And that pumps it back to the lungs to be expelled. Isn't this interesting? Think about this. Bearing in mind Ezekiel 37 where God said... Sorry guys, I don't know if you can see that board there. Where God said prophesy uh, to the bones. And when Ezekiel, that's in Ezekiel 37, when Ezekiel prophesied to the bones as God had instructed him, those bones came together. Muscles and sinews formed and those bodies reformed, but they were lying there all dead. And God said to him, prophesy to the wind, the wind, ruach in Hebrew, the Holy Spirit, that's his name, the ruach, the wind, the breath of God, if you like. The breath of God. And um, I loved that there one day. Johan came up here and and he said that, you know, God's name, Yahweh. It's a breath. Yahweh. Imagine that. Did you hear Johan saying that that day? That really ministered to me so much. Think about this. God, our breath depends on him. And so, remember, God works from right to left. Um, And anyway, the... um, what you call it. This pumps out and gets rid of the CO2 and all of the waste out through the lungs and the lungs bring it in again. How long does that take? A split, not even a split second, a millisecond. You know, when you think about it. You are, fe- turn around to your neighbour and say to them, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are, you know. Now the thing is, um, the, the, the heart's rhythm Uh, Is its rhythm is powered by electrical impulses from the brain and the nervous system. And they they direct the heart. This is a big book. (laughs) They direct the heart and the heart's function. And the heart maintains blood pressure. You know, the heart is responsible in so many of the activities of the body. Um, It circulates hormones and other nutrients around because as that oxygenated blood is flowing in, in the body... Um, you know, the heart is responsible for that. Now, thinking back to this, this Psalm, Psalm 9, let's go back here for a minute. I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all the marvellous things you have done. Isn't it amazing that the covenant we have with God is a speaking covenant. It's a heart covenant, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth in Romans 10. So the heart and the mouth are so intricately linked. And, um, He says, uh, I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. You know, uh, this is so important that our breath is, is involved with our praise and our worship with God. And that is what causes our enemies to stagger and fall. So our worship is is, um, inextricably linked to the demise of our enemies as we speak forth God's wonderful oracles, the wonderful deeds, the wonderful things he's done. And just as you proclaimed there to your neighbor, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God knit each one of us in our mother's womb. He knit us together. And if you think of the complicated and beautiful way that you have been constructed... And not only you, but everybody else on this planet. You know, I I just wonder if people understood the 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 beauty of God and the beauty of His creation in each one of us. You know how different things might be. I think people would be very slow to abort babies. I think people would be very slow to to murder or to maim others or to, you know, beat or, or be violent with others. I think people would be very slow to, to uh, slander and, and criticize and judge others if, if we really understood how fearfully we are made and how every breath that we have is a gift from God. And, you know, I love that, that the lungs... They take back that that dirty oxygen, if you like, that dirty blood, that you know, and they remove that, that CO2 and that oxygen. They filter the blood and send it back then to the heart again, ready to pump around. And this goes on all day, all night, because you're alive. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yes, you know. And um, praise God. Let's just have a look. We might come back to Psalm 9 there in a minute. Um, in where are we? Keep on track. Um, uh, yeah. In in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says something. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you know we have the ability to think inside here. Our our heart. Uh, our physical heart and our spiritual heart are linked inextricably. And, you know, there's, there's such a more complicated uh, between the physical and the spiritual heart than we realise. And then in Matthew, I'm just going to skip through them. That was in Proverbs um, 23, 7, if you want to note it for later. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, just moving on into the New Testament in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, this was Jesus uh, speaking um, actually we spoke about this didn't we on last Sunday I think about how Jesus said that any kingdom that's divided uh, in itself is doomed. And in uh, verse 34, a tree 33 a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes and vipers. How could evil men like you speak what is good and what is right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Another version says, for what's in you in abundance in your heart is what will be coming out of your mouth. And so our heart and our mouth are so linked. And remember in Romans chapter 10, when God spoke about how to receive salvation through Jesus, he said it's a, two, a two-step a two process. It's believing in your heart and it's confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we have a speaking covenant. We've been made in God's image and likeness. And um, the very first thing when God, uh, you know, came on the scene uh, over the the waters of the earth what he did first he spoke and light came and so there is the power of light and breakthrough and healing and you know there's such healing in light as well that's why Jesus said I am the light of the world but um And you know you have people who go on holidays in the winter because they hate the darkness and when they go to the sun or they turn on a sun lamp it increases Mm. their their mood and all their hormones and chemicals are balanced. The power of light well the power of light is also in in our in our mouth and whatever that we're speaking out of our mouth is either going to bring forth light or darkness, blessing or curse, death or life and that Uh, those words that are coming out of our mouth are coming out of whatever our heart is full of. And this is what the Lord was ministering to me. I I don't write sermons or anything like that. I don't think up great teachings. I just tell you what he's been ministering to me this week. And this is what he's been speaking to me, is that what is your heart full of? Uh, Because that's what your mouth has been speaking. And uh, in Matthew, what is that? Sorry, In... Um, Mark chapter 11 and verse 23 and 24. This is a key scripture where Jesus said, Whatever you believe in your heart, you're going to speak. And if you don't doubt what it is that you believe in your heart, you will have whatever you say. And um, That's basically that scripture explained. It's in Matthew 23 and Mark, sorry, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Excuse me. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. I assure you, Jesus said, have faith in God in 22. And what he said there is, have God's kind of faith. That's what it translates at. Have God's kind of faith. What is God's kind of faith? He looked at the earth. He saw it was formless and dark and barren. And he spoke. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. And that is the faith that God operates in, is that out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. And his mouth speaks forth life and light. And we are to do the same. So Jesus was saying, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever, does that disallow anybody? Whoever, it's everybody. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart um, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Uh, He will have whatever he says. Think about that, that you can have whatever you say. And the sad fact is, is that many of us are living our lives, uh, you know, with what we have said previously. We're living the fruit of it. Because that's what Proverbs eighteen twenty-one says, out of you know, that death and life are in the power of our tongues. And those who love it, who love what? Who love either death or who love either life. You can't love both. You know, those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. And one thing that the Lord pointed out to me was is my whole heart. You know, my heart is divided, if you like, into four segments you think of having an orange and you cut it into four segments, they're called four quarters and suddenly that orange is not whole anymore, it's now cut up into four pieces and our heart is divided into four areas as well and each one of those areas does a really important job without which the body would not survive. And. Um, What's in our heart? What's in my heart in abundance? I'm just talking to myself here. If this ministers to you, great. Uh, but usually I find that people go really, really silent. <laughs> what? <coughs> You're really messed up. <coughs> in uh, Mark chapter, while well, we're in Mark's Gospel, head back to Mark chapter um, 5. I wrote another scripture, and I can't remember where I wrote it now. Falls. Uh-oh. In Mark chapter 5, I'm going to read it from the NLT, actually. Are you glad you're here? Amen. Amen. God. Mark chapter 5. In verse 7, this is when Jesus was meeting the what they call the Gadarean demoniac, this man who was out of his mind. He was so mentally traumatized and tormented that he lived out in the tombstones. That's very interesting where he was living. And you know, we have to be careful that where we're living is not where death reigns. Mm-hmm. You know that we're living where life is. Mm-hmm. And you know, by living, I mean where's our mind going? Where's our heart going? Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes, you know, grief and things that oh, we'll look at that in a minute. But sometimes those things can keep us in the tombs mm-hmm. and and not enjoying our lives. And this is where that poor man was. And he was out of. He was deranged. He would rip off all his clothes. He would. You know be completely naked he would and um, they would shackle him and he'd break the shackles such was the strength of the demons that were tormenting him can you imagine being in that much pain and and suffering that that you'd actually hurt yourself so much to rip off shackles that's not an easy thing to do and people think oh look it must have been some kind of demonic power i, I believe it was the tormentation that caused him to do that Those demons tormenting him. And it said he cut himself. You know, there's many young people that are dealing with terrible issues of anxiety and torment and fear. And they're cutting and harming themselves. And you know, that's a real sign of of a demonic oppression. And um, this is when Jesus came on the scene, this man came before him. In verse 6, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, the son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Another version says, what have I got in common with you? and this is the question that the devil seeks to answer in every life how can i get an inroad in there how can i get access and you know whatever's inside in our heart that's what's controlling the access to our lives and so we're going to look at that in a minute please turn over and just remember that scripture what if what have I got in common with you? The demon asked him. And you know, you can read the rest of the, the encounter there yourself, that Jesus told him to shut up and come out of him. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, that the devil was resisting. And Jesus said, what is your name? And the demon answered. You'll notice as well that when the men saw him, it was the demons who saw exactly who it was that was coming for them. They knew him. They, they knew his name. What have we got in common with you, Jesus, this uh, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? They knew exactly who he was. This goes back to what Paul said about those sons of Skeva, who tried to cast out those demons um, out of this tormented man. You know, six of them, wasn't it? Six of them, and uh, that the 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 demons spoke to them and said. Uh, when, when they said, uh, we command you to come out in the name of the Lord who Paul preaches and uh, the Lord Jesus who, who Paul preaches and the demon answered them back and said, jesus i know and paul i know and who are you so you know the demons didn't know those sons of skiva because they were not saved they had not received jesus into their heart but the demons know those who are saved and and he knows all about god and he knows all about jesus and it's interesting that the the position that that man took as he ran up to jesus he bowed low because Every knee shall bow in the presence of Jesus Christ. you remember that? Every knee has to bow to the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, this is something, uh, when we read scripture, and sometimes we don't have time to read the whole thing, you really need to go back and read it in the context. And then you really need to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the word of God to you. what, What is actually being said here? Because... As you understand that, then you have no fear of those demons because we've been washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus and those demons have to bow you will have demons who will manifest in your life you know they'll de- they'll manifest through angry people or through you know some kind of attack or sickness or situation that that uh, comes up and so that's where we have to know who we are in Christ and we have to know how to take our authority but Before that, we have to know that our heart is is clean and right before God and that anything that has been an altar of evil or wickedness or or whatever fear or, or terror in our lives has to be dismantled and removed. In Jesus name mm-hmm. so that's why Jesus could cast out those demons he cast them out they had begged to be sent into the pigs mm-hmm. and when they went into the pigs the effect on the pigs was immediate suicide mm-hmm. those animals mm-hmm. couldn't take the torture and torment of, of those demons and they ran off pigs hate water mm-hmm. it's a well-known fact and they ran off the cliffside into the water and drowned themselves mm-hmm because they could not take the tormentation and that's where many people many of God's beautiful children are living today, people even in our own families, even in those in, in our communities they're utterly and completely tormented and that is the reason that is that that they, you know, they start drinking or that they go off and, and, and do crazy things is because they are being tormented in their minds and in their hearts yeah. and you know the drink will just numb it or the drugs yeah. will just numb it for a while and take away the pain but the pain is inside in the heart okay let's have a look here in in chapter 5 this is still mark 5 and it is verse uh, 24 now jesus had met jairus oh yeah and just to finish that encounter just to give god the glory when the people heard about the pigs drowning themselves, they all rushed to this place, the people of the, the region, and they came and they saw that man who had been you know 20 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago, or yesterday when they saw him out of his mind and deranged. they now saw him fully clothed and sitting quietly and a completely changed and different man. And that's what the power of God does to a life. It transforms one to, to completely a, a new creature. And a new creation. Amen. So here was Jesus. He was after meeting Jairus, who begged him to come and lift uh, raise his daughter from the dead because she was about to die, and she was his only daughter, and possibly his only child. And um, Jesus went with him, and all the crowd were following following him and crowding around him. So you think of All Ireland Sunday, uh, you know, above in the terrace in, in uh, Croke Park and you think of all of those people, you know, squished together like sardines, it always amazes me because, you know, generally most people like to have their space, but on a day like that, there's no space to be had. So they're all pressed up against each other and like, like ch- sardines in a can. And so this is what the, the scenario that we meet Jesus here in is that he's being thronged by people. So if I took, uh, you know, if you, if Louise came up here and I and I asked everybody else to come up here and crowd and throng around Louise, you know, she would be. We would all be pressed up all around her, and that's the where Jesus was. He was being pressed on every side. Everyone was trying to touch him and and you know, say that they'd seen him and that they'd met him, shaking his hand. You know, you think of of uh, the probably David Clifford coming off the football field and all the little kids and and people and they, you know, patting him on the shoulders and trying to shake his hand and shouting at him. And that's what was happening that day with Jesus. And uh, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, with constant hemorrhaging for 12 years. Now you think about if you, if you give blood and, and you lose a pint of blood, you know how weak you can get. This woman had been bleeding for 12 years. And uh, so she was extremely weakened state. And um, she suffered a great deal from many doctors. It's Mark 5, to 25. She suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she'd spent everything she had to pay them, and she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And so it said that all her wealth was gone on trying to heal this sickness. And um, all that had happened for her was that she just kept getting worse. And how many people do we know in that situation? You know, they, they'll say, well, I'll go with the doctors, look, and I'll be back to you about the prayer. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the doctors a while. And then they go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. they go from therapist to acupuncturist to uh, bioenergy guru to wherever, you know, and, and all of this is costing money. And yet, you know, Jesus uh, and, and his healing power is completely free. And so... I love this, that she said, um, she had heard about Jesus. So, you know, it was word of mouth. And this woman had heard about Jesus. And she thought uh, to herself. Oh, sorry. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself. Remember now what we said about as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what was in this woman's heart was faith that she had heard that this man was healing people. And so her heart, you know, lifted and she got encouraged and said, can he help me? I'm going to try. And so she had heard about him. She came to him. She touched the robe of his garment and She said, if she thought to herself, if I can just touch the robe, I will be healed immediately, immediately. The minute she touched his robe, because she touched him with faith, because she touched him with with filling her heart with that hope and that faith that he will heal me. He will heal me. He's healed all those other people. And this woman's faith was was just exposed here. And uh, immediately the bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body, she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. So she instantly knew there was this instant miracle of of total deliverance for this woman. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd thronging you and pressing you. How can you ask? who touched me? They're all touching you, Jesus. How can you say who touched me? And he said, he kept on looking around to see who had done it because he said, whoever touched me, I felt power going out from my body. I felt the power of that one touch. I felt all these other people physically touching me, but I felt spiritual power leaving my body because somebody with faith touched me. And then the woman came forward trembling. She was terrified because she shouldn't have been there because of the fact that she was bleeding. She was in that culture, an unclean person. And so, you know, she was really risking her life by coming forward because they would have had grounds, according to the law of that land at that time, to stone her to death for coming out in the public bleeding. Uh, you know, because of, of disease and everything spreading. So there was serious laws in place for that kind of thing. And so that's why she was trembling. She was terrified that they were going to stone her to death. But he kept looking. He wouldn't move until she came forward. Why was that? She was already healed. She could have scurried off away home. Her body was better. But when Jesus looked at her, he sa- and she told him what she had done, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith, has made you whole. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, by her having that encounter with him and being brave enough to come and pour out her heart before him, not only she's already been healed of the physical ailment, but now she's been made whole. Her whole heart, her whole life, all the trauma of everything she's been through. Even, I would Put my life in it that probably all of the money that she had spent, you know, that there was going to be total restoration for her. Total restoration, because that's who Jesus is. And so she was made whole. So she was focused when she heard that he was healing people. And so she came up to him with that focus in her heart and her 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 mouth and her thoughts were lined up with what was in her heart because she thought to herself and said if i can touch the hem of his garment i will be healed and so what is in my heart what's my heart full of and going back to our diagram with the four chambers you know again this one is the one on the left that receives um, I hope I've done that right and that that's not the right. <laughs> anyway, you bear with me. This one receives the oxygenated blood from the lungs. It pumps it down into the ventricle that pumps that oxygenated blood around the body, keeping the body alive. This side uh, receives into the atrium on this side. It receives the, the contaminated blood, the non-oxygenated. It's now full of carbon dioxide. And it pumps it down into the right ventricle that pumps that back out to the lungs. And so the lungs are, cleansed, are are cleansing, they're exhaling the carbon dioxide, they're inhaling oxygen and bringing that back around here, out of the lungs into the the, uh, the backside of the, the heart again. So you've got these four parts of the heart. And this is what I did. This is what I felt the Lord have me do. I felt him have me draw this diagram for myself of my heart. And so I'm not pointing at anybody here today, but, but I know that I am not alone here, you know, and that um, what's in my heart. And so what I did was I drew this diagram again, but I drew it this time and numbered it. One, two three four now technically that's not the the order of it but for for this and i felt that you know what is the biggest things in my heart and what are the smallest parts of my heart because going back to that scripture in psalm 9 lord i will give you my whole heart and I just thought, and you can do this, I, I recommend you do this exercise. This is very personal and very raw for me, I suppose, but I, I encourage you to do it, to see what is in your heart. And you know what I found that in, in one part of my heart, in the first part of my heart, that uh, you know the things that I battle with or struggle with, one of the big ones would be the fear of men. And I know I'm not alone in that. And that that kind of leads on to a lot of other fears. Now, it's controlled by a spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear is a lying spirit. Okay? And you know, all of us have lied and believed lies. Many of us have not done things because we've believed a lie uh, that we couldn't do it. Or many of us have, have lied ourselves to get ourselves out of difficult situations. But the thing is is that lying the lying spirit operates hand in hand with fear, and uh, you know there's fear of lack fear of tomorrow and mm-hmm. um, there's fear of being condemned. why do you think that so many really lovely wonderful, genuine, sincere people who are outraged and not in agreement with all the craziness that's happening in the world right now between the the transgender agenda the the you know all of these various um agendas that are going on that are trying to dismantle our society and our world why do you think that so many who, who know that that's all wrong and who are in no way agreement with it but are afraid to say anything? It's because of the fear of men and the fear of being condemned. And so condemnation is a big one. Condemnation goes very much with fear. Um, but also their uh, accusation, the fear of being accused, and that's why people will just shut up and say nothing. They prefer to keep their head underneath. Because when you can't see me, I can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and it's so much easier. Um, there's, there's dread that operates with fear. There's paralysis, like mm-hmm. I said, You know, where people believe a lie that they cannot do something. You know, I remember years ago when I uh, had a, a, a an awful attack of fear and, and it was from which I only realized years later, it was because of a, a bullying, um, intimidation, a spirit of intimidation and bullying that was going on. But it caused me to actually have panic attacks at the time. This is when I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, I actually one day had a panic attack when I was driving and all of these lying thoughts came into my mind. I can never drive again. I won't I won't be able to drive because I could have another well I had was some kind of a blackout, I could have another one of those blackouts. I, I just won't be able to do it. And you know, for a good few months it it actually completely controlled my life and I was paralyzed. So paralysis is a, a major a major part of fear, because it paralyzes a person to believe they cannot do it. I, I uh, had to stay at home i couldn 't go to work, my legs wouldn 't stand up, but there was such weakness and and uh, all kinds of physical symptoms. they were lying symptoms, you know because every test that was done all came back negative and clear. I was as healthy as anything, but you see, it was because of what was in my heart and and there was a large portion of my heart that had been given over to this. And I'll tell you this much. It wasn't that I didn't love God. Because that's what I noticed when I did this diagram. Is that one part of my heart was that I loved God. I loved his word. You know? But the thing is, is that if that's only one part of my heart. The love for God. And honouring his name and, and you know being with him and being so grateful to him, you know, I've, I've such gratefulness in my heart uh, to God. I can't even express it to you for what he's rescued me from, for how he has delivered me, for how he has shown himself to be with me so many times through through dark times, uh, through good times, you know, I've seen God's goodness and I've just got such thankfulness to him. But I also see that there's these things in my heart. And like I said earlier, this is what Jesus said. A tree is known by its fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so, you know, a- another one that I noticed with the paralysis was procrastination comes from that. I can't do that now. I'll, I'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll put that off. I, I won't start through that mess or that stuff. I won't even go there. I, I won't even open that door or I won't even, you know, face that that issue in my life that needs to be faced because I just can't cope with it right now. This is all fear and lying, you know, and, and it is controlling people. And the thing I noticed as I wrote out all this stuff was that the part of my heart that belonged to God, say, which might have been, a, you know, this part, all of the other parts. Where we're contaminating and we're controlling, and this part wasn't able to to be free. And I just really feel that the Lord wants to minister this to us, is that you need to do an exercise of self-examination. And what the Lord spoke to me was was that, oh, I forgot them. I meant to bring my sunglasses in. but anyway just picture for a minute that these are sunglasses you know and so when my sunglasses are on I look very cool and everything around me looks in a totally different hazy color and that's very often how we look at ourselves is with our sunglasses on so that things are kind of dimly lit and they're much nicer colored but what we tend to do with other people (laughs) <laughs> is examine them under a microscope and a and a yeah. magnifying glass just like this one yeah. and you know what god has called us to do when jesus said that he said why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you should be looking at the big plank in your own eye i lo- i think god has got such a great sense of humor mm-hmm. i love that you know that he's so funny just look at the big plank in your own eye you know Think of, a, think of a plank walking around with a plank. You know, you make a lot of mess. You destruct a lot of things. And you make a lot of noise. And then you're there with this big plank in your eye. And you're trying to see the little speck that's over there in her eye. And, you know, what he's telling us to do is look with look the magnifying glass in your own life. Look at yourself with the magnifying glass. And look at others with the sunglasses. <laughs> you know, give people grace. But, you know, examine yourself and examine your own heart. And what I found in, in another part of my heart was a massive issue. Perhaps, in fact, working hand in hand with this side was grief. And grief causes all kinds of problems. Pain from the past. Past pain, okay. Anguish. Think of the word anguish. Anguish. Isn't there some words that are beautiful because when they really are so descriptive. Anguish because of the past pain. Um, Traumatic memories. um, Post-traumatic stress. PTSD is a very real thing in very many people's lives. And they don't even realise it. That a lot of their day-to-day activities are coming from uh, trauma. You know, uh, people doing certain things, I'm talking to myself here again now, okay, I remember, not talking to anybody here, but because uh, all your halos are really they're actually <laughs> luminous shocking. at the moment it's shocking <laughs> but uh, the thing is is that uh, you know, uh, grief uh, trauma, having been through the loss of somebody or the loss of a childhood perhaps, maybe the, the, the loss of, of you know, uh, a hope or a future that, that somebody had hoped for maybe a broken relationship and the loss of that can cause such anguish and trauma in a person that it manifests as, as, as a post-traumatic stress and that it, it causes that person to you know not trust people anymore or to build up walls and strongholds where they feel safer uh, on their own this is something i i really can can identify with you know i prefer being on my own a lot of the time actually um because and that's actually that's a stronghold because it's it's better not to be having to rely on people because people might let you down or or you know it's it's better to be you know uh on your own because then nobody can hurt you again or nobody can abuse you or take advantage of you or whatever you know um it's where people will be stonewalled uh at at grief or at loss uh you know not giving anything away and, uh, because they don't want people to see them as being weak or they don't want to open the floodgates. But the thing is, that has a part of your heart. And if that has a part of your heart, then God doesn't have that part of your heart. And therefore, for somebody to be made whole, it's the whole heart, okay? And I just feel the power of God on this word today is that the Lord wants to bring wholeness to his people, because someone turned on the heat because it's absolutely roasting. <laughs> Brita, behind you there, there's a, there's a, a dial on the wall. Thanks very much. Um, shame. Oh, yeah. Shame, confusion. Another thing that works there. Shame. And guilt. Because of things that happened in the past. Because of maybe something that was that hurted you or wounded you in some way. Shame on a family. Shame, you know, whatever it is. Shame is a massive one. And it works with that, and confusion works with that. Another one that works with this, which I found, was self-abasement. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. All the time saying you're sorry. Sorry that I exist. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know, because, because it works very much with shame and guilt. You're always expecting, uh, you know, for something to go wrong because of you, that you have done something wrong. And that is coming out of, of grief and past pain. And it's a really toxic emotion. It needs to be dealt with and re- renounced. Um, and in the other part... Whew, is she, they said, will she ever be finished? People are looking at their clocks at this stage. <laughs> okay, I'm here. They're saying, now what's she going to say now? I notice pride. I notice pride... And arrogance. Only you, Rose. It's only you. No, not us. <laughs> I noticed ignorance. Working hand in hand with that. Ignorance, you know, I think that ignorance is very much rooted in a lack of empathy, in, a, in, a, in not being able to recognise what somebody else is going through. And so instead, coming across very haughty and very full, puffed up and proud of yourself and sort of making judgments and criticisms on others. Uh, A revenge mindset. I hope they get what they deserve. By God and all lads, I tell you, they, you know, a revenge mindset. Now, this is dangerous because, and again, it's rooted in pride, because God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's why he tells us to bless our enemies and to pray for those who use us and who persecute us. Hallelujah. I noticed in that, they're saying, would you ever finish? <laughs> How many more? Um, you know, an unloving spirit. Unloving. I noticed witchcraft I can't even spell it <laughs> I remember when when Harold Dewberry visited here years ago, and he used to say to write in tongues because nobody could understand what he was after writing, <laughs> but uh you know um yeah witchcraft witchcraft is linked to rebellion remember in in um, second Samuel, I think it is uh, no isn't it first Samuel or second Samuel where where Saul, anyway, uh, fell. And he said, I did it because of the fear of the people. And the fear caused his pride in himself to want to please them instead of pleasing God. And so Mm -hmm. Samuel said to him, rebellion is the same as the spirit of witchcraft. And so rebellion and pride operate in witchcraft, which is deception and control. And if we're being controlled by the enemy, you're not being controlled by God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the last part... Uh, Oh yeah, sorry, I've done that already. The love of God. And so I just want you to, to see that. I don't know, maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but I would encourage you to draw out a picture of your heart and ask the Lord to reveal to you what is in your heart. And, you know, not from a condemnation point of view, but from a healing point of view. Because if you understand what's in your heart, you will understand who you are. And you will understand the things that you've been dealing with that have been maybe causing obstacles and all kinds of problems in your life that have caused you to react in certain ways to certain situations or to certain people. You know? Um... (laughs) looking at that no one can understand anything that's on it but i just want you to to really hear that from god today that he wants to to bring total deliverance in jesus name amen amen Amen. so let's pray and uh you know maybe we'll continue this this next week and maybe as a bit of homework if you want you know just draw your own page and uh you can burn it after, no one needs to see it. It's its not, as I said, it's not an exercise in, in beating yourself up, but it's certainly maybe an exercise in, in looking and exposing to see where the enemy has got a landing strip. Because God's people that I see, including myself, are believing and, and you know, uh, waiting on breakthrough and healing and deliverance and, and uh, you know, family salvations and all kinds of things. And very often it's because of, of you know, that the Lord is waiting on us and waiting on, uh, you know, us to sort things out with ourselves as well. Because, you see, that's what he was doing. And, and let's break bread to finish. I think that's the best thing to do. Amen. Delle. Oh, In Sam 107. It says, He sent His word to what? Do you know that? To heal them and to deliver them from their destructions. And uh, where the enemy has come in, whether it's through childhood experiences, experiences in marriage, experiences in workplace, experiences, you know, where maybe through an accident or, or a, um, you know, some kind of a bereavement or something, where the enemy has come in. And gained access and got a landing strip to bring any of these kind of things uh, that are trying to contaminate and defile your heart. You need the breath of the fresh oxygen. You need the fresh oxygen of God's breath to to bring his healing power uh, and regeneration and restoration to your life. Because you are valuable and important to God. And, you know, I think that God has put a very physical symbol on this earth for us to understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ. He has given us the caterpillar who snails along the ground and who munches away at, you know, leaves and all that kind of thing on the ground. And then suddenly he decides to take a sabbatical for a couple of weeks and, and goes into this, this cocoon, this secret place And inside in that place, he is totally transformed into a new creature and breaks out of that cocoon as a beautiful butterfly. You know, previous to that, that caterpillar was alive. He was living. He was eating. He was, you know, he was on this earth. But he was only uh, sliding around on the ground or on on the plants. But having been in that secret place and being changed forever into a new creation, he now is free to fly. And that's what God wants for each one of you. And you might think, and please, I'm telling you, don't think that this word today was for anybody here in particular, but I know that this word here today is for everybody here, you know? And that's the truth. And I know that it may make you feel uncomfortable in certain areas or think, I don't even know what you're talking about. But listen, the thing is, is that the Lord wants to heal your whole heart so that he can have your whole heart and so that he can use you as a vessel of honor, as a shining light for him to display and demonstrate his goodness and his power. You know, it might not, I'm not talking about you having to go out on the side of the street and and preach the gospel. I'm saying God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be delivered and set free. He wants your children to be blessed. He wants your descendants to be the most blessed family on this earth. He doesn't want you hindered and paralyzed and crippled. He doesn't want you in a place where, where you're at odds with people, criticizing or condemning or, or, or you know not having empathy with them. He doesn't want you criticizing and condemning yourself because he has created you and knit you together in your mother's womb. You are a fearful creation. No man has ever been able to recreate a, a human being just like what what god had created you know the, the human brain they've tried and and the computers that they've built have have taken up buildings and they still are nothing like the human brain that's how amazing you are and the devil has done everything he can to trip up you not only you but your family and not only your family but your community and not only your community but our nation and all the nations of the earth And there are many people that are out there today that are, you know, going into shops, buying their next bottle, uh, going out looking for a dealer to buy their next uh, thing to shoot themselves up so that they can get high and just forget about their problems. And all God wants is for his church to rise up and start demonstrating the glory and the goodness of God. And that's why we break bread. And that's why we join together. This is not some futile religious ritual that we take part in on a Sunday morning and a Thursday evening. You know, I'd better give God some time. I hate that when I hear people talk about having to go to church services and, well, by God, we were there an hour. We were there to sit there for 45 minutes, you know. And and then, uh, you know, those people wonder, uh, why hasn't God answered my prayers you know, and, and they're they're looking through their, their glasses, their sunglasses at themselves and at their own life. And, and they're not even seeing the things that God needs to get rid of because as we read in Mark chapter five, the demons know it and they know it. That's how they have, have had, had inroads into God's people because there's been open landing strips where the devil can just fly in his, his plane and plunked down on top of that person's life and on their family. Well, God wants him evicted. Amen. He's already paid the price. Amen. Jesus did it all Amen. so that yes. Satan was defeated, Amen. and it's time that we start living that way. That we start living the victorious uh, body that we are on this earth. Amen. Amen. So let's break bread and we take the take the cup and the bread this morning. And Lord Jesus, we say this together. Father, I thank you that you love me and you chose me. I did not choose you and you desire to have my whole heart so that I can be made whole and demonstrate your wonderful love. Lord Jesus, your body was broken and given Given for, me, for me so that I could be healed, so could be healed, healed and, made and made whole. I eat this bread today, this bread today in remembrance, in remembrance of, your of your great sacrifice. You were punished. You were, punished. You were, in, anguish. You were in anguish. You were terrified. You were, terrified. You were uh, beaten, you were beaten and, whipped and whipped and nailed to the cross. They rejected you, they, rejected they, you, mocked you they mocked you, and you loved them, and you, loved them and you forgave, and them, them forgave them, and you did all that, and, you did all that and, became, cursed and became cursed, so that I, so that I could, could be, set free. be set free. I give you my heart today, I my heart today and I thank you, and thank you, Jesus, for transforming, me, for transforming me, and me. And me, and healing me, and making me whole. Am you whole. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And take the bread. Let's take the cup. Father God. Father God. This cup, this cup represents, represents the blood of Jesus, your son. Your son that was perfect and sinless and he gave his blood so that I could be forgiven and made right with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for cleansing me. I give you my heart, my whole heart and I ask you to cleanse me from all of the effects of living in this world. I declare I live in this world, world, but I'm not of this world. world. I am a son son and a daughter of God, God. the Most High God, God, forgiven forgiven and washed and cleansed cleansed, so that the demons demons have nothing in in, in, uh, common with me. In In Jesus' name. I drink this cup Jesus, in, remembrance in remembrance of what you did for me Jesus and I celebrate, I celebrate. I celebrate. my freedom, my, freedom. My, forgiveness. my forgiveness and my release and my hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. thank you Jesus we declare your your death and your resurrection until you come again mm-hmm. hallelujah, hallelujah.